You're listening to the All Figured Out Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Barr. As a career coach for parents, a mom, an entrepreneur, and someone who spent 10 plus years in the corporate world, I still don't have it all figured out. And maybe you don't either. In this podcast, I'll share tools and strategies that I use with my clients. And in the many areas where I don't have things figured out, I'll be bringing you some amazing guest experts to help us fill in the gaps. So tune in each week as we explore how to make career and life decisions that truly work for you, your family, and your big goals. Let's make moves. Well, today is a very different and I would say special day. I was asked by my dear friend, Taylor Aller, who you heard on the podcast the very beginning of when we started this. And side note, I've had such incredible feedback on that episode. Taylor Aller being a multi-potentialite and her sharing her story. Go back and listen. I will link that in the show notes. Anyways, I digress. Taylor Aller is a friend of mine. We're in the same business mastermind. And she said, Andrea, can I interview you before you go on mat leave? I was like, what a generous offer, first of all. And ooh, like it kind of gave me butterflies. I got excited. So thank you, Taylor, for the offer and for joining me today and uh, being willing to entertain whatever comes out of my mouth with your questions. <laughs> thank you for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> thank you for saying yes, because I, well, obviously I'm a big fan of your podcast and I'm happy to have been a guest on it, but I listen to every single episode and I'm sitting here going, when is someone going to interview her? When do we get to know these answers? Oh, <laughs> so well, thank so you for saying yes. I'm so excited to dig into all the juicy things. <laughs> oh, thanks. And it's kind of a cool time. Like, I feel like these are those, I don't know, leading up to birth as we both know from we're both pregnant with baby number two. And I don't know about you, but I don't remember a lot in the lead up. Kind of, <laughs> things are kind of blurry. So it'll be interesting to capture this on audio. Yeah. Oh my gosh. How special would that be to look back on too? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I, and I have to call out the fact that we both have daughters named Addie. Mm -hmm. That are like a month apart. And now our yeah. second babies are potentially going to be days apart. So there's a lot of overlap. <laughs> I know. Well, I wanted to high five at the hospital, but I think we're at two different hospitals. I know. I think so. That's okay. We can, we can air five. Imagine. Okay. I was thinking about it today. Imagine we name our kids the same name again. <gasps> oh my God. How crazy with that. And you don't know what you're having and we don't know what we're having. No surprise. I know. Who knows? Maybe we Whoa. will. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Okay. That would just be wild. We'll keep you posted, everyone, in case yeah. you're interested. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> All right. Well, it's okay. My turn rain's to take over. over. Yes. Yeah. Okay. First of all, I have to know, what is the update? You've done a couple episodes on your pregnancy, on preparing for mat leave number two. Can you give us an update of where you are right now with your career, with baby, with life? Just give us a little pin drop of where you're at right now. Yes. And that, that episode that I did where I said, we're having another baby, was definitely a strange one. So it's nice to have somebody to chat with and have the back and forth because it was so funny to just be talking into the mic solo and being like, hey, welcome back to the podcast. We're having another baby. <laughs> you might not even know me. So this is nice. <laughs> um, so yes, we are having our second baby. Our daughter is two. She just turned two. And we are so excited. I am currently on this date, uh, transparency. It is March 9th, 2023. Um, and I am 35 and a half weeks pregnant. So we will be having uh, a C-section in less than a month. Uh, so I had a C-section the first time. So going for that this time. And we are really excited. And in terms of work, I have been focusing on my building out my career coaching practice and working with parents and supporting them in building and developing and growing their careers that work for their life and their families while protecting family time. And it's been a lot of fun and it's been so incredible to niche down in that direction where I was just a general career coach before. And now I have the pleasure of supporting parents, like what a gift and what lovely people, you know, when working in that field, <laughs> while pregnant where I'm like fidgeting on the call or, um, you know, I'm like a minute late. Cause I had to run to the bathroom urgently. Like, I was just like, Oh my God, I have to pee so badly. Just people are like, Oh girl, we get it. I work with a lot of moms. <laughs> I do work with some dads too. And it's just been so lovely. Like everyone's just so supportive and amazing. And then, uh, and then this other, um, world inside of my business has really grown 
that I've actually never talked about, and that's uh, curriculum design. So I actually, you know, all those different courses that you might see online, specifically around, say, like coaching or personal development, or I'm actually working on a sleep course right now with somebody, which is really cool for newborn sleep. I am supporting uh, some of these people, these incredible professionals and service providers, and helping them build their online programming and platforms. So that's been a lot of fun. And uh, I am racing to the finish line. I finish up next week. So I'm uh, I'm kind of out of breath, but it's been mm-hmm. so much fun. Good. So, so good. And I have to know, what is something that would be a big win for you right now as you're preparing for transition to baby number two compared to baby number one, even what would be a big win you're celebrating right now? Oh, well, a couple of weeks ago, I did release an episode with my husband, Scotty, where I interviewed him on his health journey. And I think it's a huge family win that we are in such a different place than we were two years ago this basically this time two years ago. And that's, that's a huge win. Like we have overcome so much the trauma of even, um, I guess like what I was holding on to in terms of being pregnant and being a bit superstitious. I've, I've been working through and overcoming that. Like at the beginning, I was like, right. You know, at, at this point in my pregnancy last time, this is what was happening with his health is that going to repeat the cycle? Like some magical thinking and weird stuff was like creeping in. And I've really been able to like lean into that and work through it and work with it. And I feel like a personal win out of all that is just um, continuing to prove my resilience and my ability to continue to move forward and, and survive and thrive. Like last time we were surviving, like we did survive, but we were barely surviving, like metaphorically and physically. And this time I feel like we're as a little family unit, we're thriving. And mm. and then the second kind of piece of it is just in general, like myself, um, individually, I would say a lot of the steps that I've taken throughout my career, my own career journey have positioned to me, positioned me to live this beautiful life with my family right now. And it's been so cool to see some of those foundational pieces of getting clear on my own career putting in a bit of work, going back to school, making these what seemed like small little steps at the time and seeing them all kind of play out and come to fruition and know that when I had a family, this was the life that I really wanted to build, one where I was an entrepreneur, one where I had flexibility, but I worked really freaking hard. But in stuff that I really enjoy, um, it's like it's all kind of coming to life. And I'm about to take a maternity leave that's completely on my own terms. Mm. And it's just, yeah, it's just really cool to step back and look at myself from a, maybe a bird's eye view and say, whoa, you're like, you're doing it. Mm, yes. Oh my gosh. That is so worth celebrating that moment. <laughs> Cause I feel like often, and I'm sure those of you listening can resonate. You've always hit that moment where you just feel like you're not doing what you think you're doing. And then to have the flip side of that moment of like, wow, I'm actually doing what I've always wanted to be doing. And like, this was the vision I had two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And it's actually my reality right now. Like that is an incredible feeling. And I know as a coach, you get to help people achieve that feeling all the time, but that's so nice that you get that too. Okay. Juicy question. We talked about the win. What sucks right now? What's really hard right now? What is, what is, I don't want to say a failure, but what is a really big challenge going on for you right now as you prep for baby number two? Okay. I'm literally holding back like indigestion. So there's that. You're like asking this question and I'm like eyeing my tums and my like Gaviscon below. Hey, you want to sponsor the podcast? Cause <laughs> really you use- have two heavily pregnant ladies <laughs> who are eating tums like candy. Yeah. Oh my God. I know. It's like my ritual. Like people are like, what's your like nighttime routine? I'm like, I lie in bed and like chew on my minty tums. Like that's, <laughs> that's life right now. <laughs> you and me both. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, okay. So that's not fun. Um, what? you know okay this sounds like an interview question where you're like turning it like a negative into a positive which it kind of is so I'm going to continue to think on like a a juicier answer to this but um in my business I feel like there's just such energy right now around my clients like I was talking to a client yesterday on the phone who has three offers in like basically in hand or coming this week and we're like talking about strategy and like 
negotiations and oh my god it's so much fun like I love that stage where you see your hard work pay off and I'm working on developing some cool courses with um, some service providers and they're just like really really cool cool projects and it's funny because it just feels like I've reached this huge pinnacle financially in my business to be honest and in my enjoyment level and it's been over the last couple of weeks that it's reached this height and then I'm like and next Friday's my last day <laughs> so, <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> I know and we're like how can I like will you come back early and I'm like oh my god wait what like you know even a couple months ago there was moments where I'm like hello like I was just slower like there's like ebbs and flows right and um and now it's like this uh I don't know. Maybe that's that like scarcity complex where mm. when you seem like a little less available, people are, are more, more into it. So it kind of feels, <laughs> it feels sad to walk away um, at this point. It's not walk away forever. It's just a, a see you soon and time flies so fast. Um, but on the flip side of that, it actually does feel really good to be leaving on a high note as well, where I'm enjoying the work so much. And uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's something so real to be said about that momentum. And I think any parent that is going to be taking a leave, whether it's a mother, a father, combination of both, like it's really, really challenging when you build that momentum before you leave, like having that deadline of ish of when baby's going to come, you know, knowing, okay, I need to get this work done or I have to hand it off or I'm planning this change or I'm starting this thing or I'm launching this project. Like all of those things require us to build such momentum and it's very frustrating to press pause on that. I really, really resonate as an entrepreneur myself. And the same thing, like that demand of like squeeze everything in before baby comes and feeling that pressure. And it's really exciting when you finally make that momentum in your business and then to press pause. There's a very, very real gap to whichever parent is taking the leave in that career gap, because then you're pressing pause on all this momentum. And like you said, the exciting part is that momentum in your brain still continues. At least it does for me. I don't know about you. So then you, you know, you have baby, you're on leave and your brain is just swimming with all these new ideas. And, you know, the momentum does still remain when you get back there, but it's definitely a challenge and kind of frustrating. It feels like you're a race car just getting ready to idle. And that's not a good feeling sometimes. <laughs> totally. No, it's so true. No. And it's true. You know what? I never thought about that. Like I always say, I always ask clients, when do you feel most inspired or when does your mind like really go for me? It's taking a break and going on vacation. And I know mm -hmm. everybody says that there's books written about like the pause and whatever, but truly when I'm on vacation, I have to bring a notebook with me because I'm like this flood Tidal wave Taylor of ideas just coming at me. That's what we call Taylor on our mastermind because she's so filled with ideas. Okay, wait, I need to turn that question back on you because I want to hear how you did it. So you, I had a mat leave from a corporate job last time. And oh, now I, doing... I want to know the difference. So well, we're yeah, that too. We'll get to that too. But and yes. then now it's the entrepreneurial side. So how was that for you last time going on leave? And then this time, are there any differences? Are you changing anything? Yeah, yeah. I'm changing quite a bit. The first time... Uh, well, like both of us, we gave birth in the middle of the pandemic. So that was a pretty exceptional circumstance. And for both of us, this was our first child. So, you know, you're kind of going in without knowing what to expect anyway. And then in a pandemic, are we sick of this word? Unprecedented. Like, <laughs> it was just like, uh, can my partner be there with me? Like, am I wearing a mask when I'm in labor? Like, you know, it just is the cafeteria open? Do I have to order food for my partner? Like just all these different things that you kind of don't really think about when you go to give birth that this time, thankfully, are not as much of a concern. You know, we have family staying with us right now helping, which was not allowed the first time and, you know, all these different kinds of things. So for the first time, I had fantastic advice from one of my midwives and she said, prepare for options, not outcomes. And this is something we talked about before on the other podcast episode, but that is sticking with me really hard because last time I planned for those options, which was really helpful. And then I realized, wow, like there's a lot of options I didn't even use or want to use or seemed extremely unappealing to me as I was going through it, which beginning, I thought maybe I would want to do these things. And then actually going through it, I was like, actually, no, <laughs> that's not at all the parent I became. That's not the mom I want to be. That's not the business owner I am. And it just really pared down a lot of options. So this time I'm way more organized because I feel like I have less options that are desirable to me that I'm preparing for. Whereas before I just prepared for everything. Cause I was like, I have no effing clue what is going to happen <laughs> at all. And this time I'm like, I think I have a general idea, at least of what I don't like. 
mm-hmm. and what I'd like to repeat. And then there's still unknowns that we're preparing for. So yeah, I'm more organized this time. I would say I've got spreadsheets. My freezer is full of freezer meals. <laughs> I'm 37 weeks pregnant. <laughs> so, you know, anytime baby can come. So, you know, those types of things are different. And also I was preparing for a full year off last time. And my husband took, uh, he was prepared to take 18 months off last time we were taking it together. And last time I hit about six months, I was weaning my daughter a little bit and she, as she was starting solids and I was so itching to get back to work. It was not even funny. And I thought for sure, I'm going to be that mom. That's going to take like the full year. That's going to, and I just couldn't. And at the same time, I was not ready to go full-time back into work. And I didn't really prepare myself for this like weird in between where it's like, I did want to work, but in a part-time capacity, I didn't want to go back full-time. I didn't want to wean my daughter full-time. I I still wanted to be at home, but my husband was home. I wanted to give him time. Like it was this weird in between and we found a way. And luckily as an entrepreneur, like you said, that flexibility is there. We found a way where that worked for us. And I could go back to work one day a week and then two days a week. And then, you know, three afternoons a week. And I was like, this is perfect. And then I did that for the rest of the leave. And I was like, this is awesome. Like my work feels like my break. Uh, my husband gets time with our daughter one-on-one because when he goes back to work, he's uh, in the corporate world. So it's like nine to five, you know, he doesn't get to see the kids as often. So it was amazing to let them have, you know, the daddy daughter time and they have such an incredible bond. And I totally think it's because of the time I went back to work a little bit and uh, it was so rejuvenating. So this time I was like, well, I know I really enjoyed that. So that's the option I'm pretty much going to prepare for because there's no sense in delaying all these other things so that I could prepare for 12 months when I'm pretty sure after six months, I'm going to get itchy again. <laughs> and I'm going to be inspired and I'm going to want to go back and he's going to want the time because he's also going to take a long leave again. So that's probably the major thing is I've uh, I've allowed or given myself permission to have Matt leave look the way that I want it to because Often we have this idea of what it looks like, where it's typically the mother that stays home and she stays home as long as she can. And she does all these things. And in our household, it was totally different. Like my husband was one stayed home. He was cleaning and cooking. And I was like, can I just go back to work a little bit? He was like, sure. And I was like, great. Thank you. And I remember that first day I went back to work and I had, I had booked like one or two hours of work. And that was it, like just to test it out. And that time flew by. And I remember thinking after I have to go home now, like I'm having so much fun. This is so great to be back. It's like, I finally got to be in touch with myself again, mm-hmm. which anybody who's been pregnant and given birth and exclusively breastfed for six months, <laughs> I lost myself a little bit like pregnancy and like my body didn't feel like mine. My mind didn't feel like mine, you know, and it was like a little reclaiming of myself and it felt so good. So this time I'm, I'm just embracing that it's going to look different and than like the typical. And that's the option I'm hoping for most, but again, we'll see. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and we should say the work that you're talking about is being a massage therapist. So you were taking on clients. That was I the was. work that you were going back to, right? Yeah. I did go back to a few things. I went back to practicing at the clinic a day a week. I took on one consulting client, um, which was twice a month. And then I taught remotely at the college one class. And then between all of those, I was like, ooh, this one doesn't feel good. This one does feel good. This one feels really good. And then I got to kind of adjust. And then within one or two months, it was basically just consulting and uh, practicing at the clinic. And then that's just kind of, yeah, I think it was maybe 10 hours a week was what I did. And it just felt so good. (laughs) So good. Yeah. So we'll see if if we continue with that again, but I would love to know for you, what is the difference for you? Because in my brain, I've done the entrepreneurial, you know, Matt leave slash Pat leave with my husband's corporate. And we're kind of planning to replicate something similar, but for you, it must look totally different because the first one was corporate. And now this one is entrepreneurial. And I know we've talked in the mastermind about the plan, the go by the seat of your pants, the options, the outcomes. Tell us a little bit about the difference kind of from one versus two and how you're preparing for that? Mm. For one, it was very, what's the word? I would say more, it's more cut and dry. It was more black and white. There was, I had to, you know, give notice saying I was officially pregnant. I had to sign some paperwork. I had to say (laughs) midway of my pregnancy, tell them when I thought that I would want to return to work, which I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before. I think that's such a strange concept 
it makes sense. I understand. They have to plan for like, what are they going to do when you're gone? But it's such a strange feeling to be like writing February 2022 down in 2020. I'm writing this down on some form. I'm like, am I bound by this? It turns out I wasn't, but just it was it was all very strange. Um, but it was very black and white. So I was like, this will be the day that I finish. Uh, it was, you know, a couple of weeks before my due date or I, at that point I knew I had to have a C-section anyways. And then it was just a matter of kind of mentally like checking things off the list. Like, okay, this, uh, this project I'm on, I'm going to have to pass off. Like I have to train up some of the people on my team to be able to kind of take this over working with my counterparts to say, okay, when I'm gone, who's taking this on and they didn't backfill me. So it was kind of just playing a bit of um, jigsaw puzzle and all that, but it was very cut and dry. And there was uh, employment insurance. So it was like going to be a paycheck, whether you think it's a lot or a little, it was something. So I knew too, that I could be relying on that income uh, and things like that. So a very um, clinical, or I don't even know what the word is. Yeah. Black and white. And this time we, <laughs> We got pregnant three months into my entrepreneurial journey, I think it was, something like that. Like, pretty sure I finished up at my corporate job around Easter um, of last year. And then a couple months in, we found out we're pregnant. And I was like, oh, okay. So the business has been going for years, a couple of years, but as my side hustle. So I'm stepping into this side hustle, looking to build it into whatever the heck I want and we get pregnant. So I couldn't even at that point where um, I couldn't even like fathom what was to become of my mat leave because I didn't even know what this business was going to grow to be. And so fast forward to this point, I still don't know exactly what this mat leave is going to be. And mm -hmm. I'm okay with that. We've talked about that on our mastermind where there's this release, like on one hand, I'm a total Gemini. I don't know. I'm not like a huge person into astrology, but I really do always have two minds where I'm like, I can be and play that corporate role and I can appreciate that. And I like that. And I liked the cut and dry side of that what made it so easy. But mm -hmm. then it's kind of fun to be on this side and be like, whoa, I have no idea what my like really firm plan is. Like I've not had to write anything down. No, I'm not beholden to anybody really. Like I've mm -hmm. told my clients, you know, this is my expected time off, but stay tuned. I'll just let you know. And and that's that, like I'm, I'm in charge, which is so crazy. And there's some power in that. And I think it's a good lesson for me to just release a bit and then just say, I, I know that too. I could have come up with this five point mat, mat leave plan where I'm like, okay, step one, I'm going to do this. Step two, I'm going to do this. I'm going to leave it this day, come back on this day. But the one was, you know, the one thing that I learned from baby number one is like, like you said, you can plan for options. You can't plan for outcomes. Every kid's mm -hmm. different every person's different. I imagine every postpartum experience is different. Like I've, I've not yet had two babies. I've only had one. So I imagine this is, this could be similar. It could be totally different. So giving myself that grace to just see how it goes. And I've got some plans and I'm being organized where I can be. And then I'm going to be flexible wherever mm. else I want to be flexible. Mm. That makes total sense. And it must be such an interesting shift too, as a family dynamic as well, because like you alluded to before, there's a totally different family situation, you know, with Scotty's health, with not having a toddler. Now you do have a toddler, <laughs> you know, thankfully he's doing really well. You know, a lot of things look very different that I'm sure make the flexibility more embraceable. Like if you had that flexibility in the first situation, that might be a little bit more scary with everything else that you had going on. So that makes I mean, a lot of sense. That's a really, really good point yeah. because there was nothing, there were some anchors, like Mm -hmm. I've said, I've given huge credit to my work, my organization that I worked for previously, where they were a really strong foundational support during that time. There was a lot going on and they, they really provided us with a lot of support mm -hmm. and this grounding like force where they're like, come back whenever, do whatever you need. I literally, he went in for that emergency CT scan on November 30th and I never went back to work. I was supposed to work until, mm -hmm. um, February, mid February or beginning of February, I suppose. Um, so yeah, that was incredible, but you're so right. Oh my gosh. If I was an entrepreneur at that time and I was like messaging clients and then all of a sudden one day I had an income and one day I didn't, mm -hmm. that would have been terrifying. Mm -hmm. And yeah, everything does. Have, I don't know. Things work out the way that they need to, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's 
so interesting. I think that's something too, that becoming a parent helps you realize is like, there's a plan greater than yours and probably better than yours. That's already in place. <laughs> and, uh, and you just gotta let that, let that thing unfold. Just let that sucker reveal itself to you. Yes. <laughs> and, and for the most part, it'll work out with or without your influence. So speaking of that, on that influence, what would be three of your best tips for other parents who might be listening right now, either going into a mat leave, um, already in a maternal or paternal leave, maybe it's their second or third, and they're thinking, what should I do here? What would be your three best tips? Okay. Well, I think the first one is the flexibility piece and trying to be flexible as much as you can. I know in working with clients that I have a more, I have, an, I have a flexible disposition and flexibility is a huge value of mine. It's something I value in myself. It's something I value in other people, but to the best You're like your... gumbo. You are just like flexy bendy <laughs> everywhere. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I would not be okay with that. You're they're like, this is so chill. <laughs> it is. I, mean, definitely... I, I admire that in you so <laughs> much. You. you are so, so good at that. I mean, there's, there's elements in my life where I am not chill whatsoever, but, um, but flexible. <laughs> I am, yes. I'm often flexible and I could, I like to see both sides. I really appreciate like a, a good debate and I could like argue both sides. Anyways, um, flexibility and in that, like the comparison. So, mm. you know, I think comparison plays into flexibility in that we will look at what other people are doing, have done in terms of their everything, career, feeding, sleeping, birth choices. Oh my gosh, the list goes on. And I know this gets, pregnancy gets in like moms and I don't know, this whole space gets a pretty bad rap. I think in that where it's like, there's everyone's so judgy and I don't think it's judgy. I think it's just, we all care so much and, and a lot of people just have such a great or potentially negative experience with something, whatever that is, that they just feel like it's their mission in life to like share, like, and share with such vigor and passion. Like, you know, this is the stroller you must get. You must mm. get the snoo if you ever want to sleep again. And if you want your <laughs> baby to like be safe, it's like, whoa, you know, it's, there's an intensity around it, but it comes from a place of love. And mm -hmm. so I think just recognizing, recognizing that in yourself, recognizing when comparison creeps in and being maybe a bit flexible with yourself and your mindset around the circumstances around your birth and your postpartum period and whatever that looks like. And notice when you're doing things out of comparison versus what innately and intuitively feels right to you. And then that would be my second one. I mean, kind of an eye roll, but honestly, like intuition and it's huge. It's everything. I, I love getting information. I love researching things and I find that fun. Like sometimes I used to get really researchy at night. I don't, researchy is that a word. I don't think so. <laughs> it is but now. It's so funny. I like kind of sometimes get this like spurt of like, oh, I'm so curious about this. I'm gonna like Google this thing or Google that thing. And um, so I did that a lot and and I find it fun. But then at the end of the day, once I armed myself with information, um listening to your intuition. So like I could actually give an example for this pregnancy. Um, so I did have a C-section last time because I had placenta previa. So my placenta was sitting on top of my cervix. Baby was not going to come out safely, like couldn't come out safely for her or me through my cervix. So C-section it was, and that was great. And there was no like questions about that. There was no choice. It was like, medically, you have to do this. This time they're like, you've had a C-section before you have a choice. What would you like to do? Mm. Again, that is where a big comparison itis can come in because people have opinions mm. and, you know, there's big communities around like at all costs, try to go with a vaginal birth and this and that, or, um, there's huge risks of, or there is a risk, not huge risks. There is a risk of uterine rupture. If you go into labor when you've had previously a C-section, it's a very small chance, but it happens and it's catastrophic. So I was like, what, how's a person supposed to make this decision? Like it's not medically necessary to have a C-section or to go for vaginal delivery. And so to use this example, like what I had to do was just arm myself with information, information that I felt I had knowledge gaps in. So that was talking to some friends. Like I have a friend who did a VBAC that was successful and got her opinion. And it was talking to my OB who I love and respect. So that's huge that like, I really respect her opinion and she's a wonderful human and I trust her with, you know, as a surgeon. 
Um, and then getting all that information and being like, okay, so with that head part of the decision-making now, like, what is my heart saying? And mm. having, of course, having that conversation with my husband, who of course is like your body, you do you girl. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> not helpful. <laughs> Thank you. Not helpful. <laughs> but he's like, what? I can't dictate this. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I'd probably be super mad if you like tried to <laughs> persuade me one way or yes. the other. Um, so it was that. So, I mean, from this like long-winded answer explaining why intuition, that's just an, one example of the way that I made that decision. And with my head and the information that I had available to me and my heart and my intuition, I've decided to go for a C-section. And I have zero qualms about explaining my position. If somebody's curious, like I've, I've explained it to a few friends who have been curious, not judgy, um, but I by no means do I have any desire or like feel like when I'm saying I'm having a C-section and this is why, like none. Mm. Um, and I think because of that energy, I haven't had anybody seem judgy toward, like nobody cares either. They're like, mm -hmm. bring that baby in safely to the world. I'm like, I will do everything I can to do that. Mm -hmm. So that would be my, uh, my second one. Mm. And number three, lean on experts. I think that these all kind of like play into each other. Now that I think about it, it when I think about the knowledge gaps or you know, the situations where I've like wanted to make decisions or wanted to like tweak things in our routine. I'm somebody who really likes information, like I said, mm -hmm. and I love a good expert. I love, appreciate and respect somebody who is so niche in their craft mm -hmm. and clearly so passionate about what they do that they've decided to go to school for X, Y, or Z. Um, and I think it's just so so important and critical, especially in these early parenting years to find the support of people that you truly trust. Again, doesn't matter if your best friend loves XYZ practitioner and you go to them. Like for me, I used to hate acupuncture. I'm going to say it. I used to hate it. <laughs> and a couple really weird experiences and I'm totally mm. open to all like natural forms of healing and stuff like that. But oh my gosh, I was like, I can't get behind this. And then mm. I just found this person through um, somebody else, it was kind of a random connection. And now I love acupuncture and I trust this woman with my life. So finding experts, um, if you're in that like career transition, no, you don't have to do that alone. I'm here, you know, or mm -hmm. I'll, be, I'll be here when I'm back from mat leave in the <laughs> fall. And um, I talk to people all day, every day about being a parent and having a career and how to find that natural progression where you don't have to you know, sacrifice your family time. Um, that's what I do for a living. So, you know, it's just, and, and you can probably, hopefully everyone can tell how passionate I am about that topic. Like I do run mm -hmm. a free podcast for this purpose because I could talk about this all day or day. So mm -hmm. find the experts. So I guess in summary, it's like flexibility, watch that comparison, um, follow your intuition, lean on experts. Mm -hmm. I love and it. And then throw all my advice out the window and do you. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's part of it, right? That's, that's the intuition piece. It's like yeah. gather the information, listen to these, you know, different experiences or experts, and then listen to your gut ultimately at the end of the day. I love that. So we talked a bit about before kind of the pause that happens in parenting where, you know, babies arrive safely, parents are good and healthy. Everybody's sleep deprived, a little bit delusional, <laughs> you know, sometimes in you the best of, way. Yes. Yes. And you kind of hit the sweet spot in these temporary windows where all of a sudden you feel like your feet are under you, your brain starts to work in a normal way. And then, you know, things change and then you go back into sleep, sleep regression and all of that. But there are moments that we talked about before where this pause and this huge life change, because this is your first child. It's not only the birth of a child, it's a birth of a parent, like your whole mind, your whole world, your whole perspective changes. And I'm really interested to see what that's like for baby number two. So we have to do a follow-up, but I imagine you have that same shift of going from a family of one number to a family of another. What would be your best advice for somebody who's on that maternal or paternal leave? They're having some of those creative juices. Maybe they're second guessing where their mm -hmm. life is going. Maybe just like you, they worked in corporate and they're thinking, I have something else that I want to explore here. And maybe now is the time to explore it while I have this natural pause. Maybe they have support coming in. They have savings that they're working on. What would be something that you would recommend they do to be able to set up maybe a possible career change or prepare themselves for a possible transition that's also going to happen to them career-wise? What would be your, your best tip? What resource do you have for us? 
Oh help. my gosh. Help, help. Okay. I do have a resource. I will, and I'll plug that like after my spiel. I have so many ideas around this because <laughs> I hear it so often. I felt it myself. I'm curious if I'll feel it again. You know, you think you've like cracked the nut and you're like, this is the, like, I talk so highly about the work that I do, but who knows? Maybe it'll like shift a bit. Maybe I'll have some new ideas. Um, okay. First and foremost, always have a vessel to capture those thoughts. Mm. Do not rely on your memory, whether you're pregnant or not <laughs> at any stage of life. Sorry. I'm laughing because my mind is a sieve. Like I'm, I'm, sieve, like, yeah. I'm not even kidding. I have notes on notes on notes. Sorry. Anyways, yeah, continue. No. Yeah. But my mind is like that when I'm not pregnant. And so yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. Oh my. Okay. Sidebar. Um, we have one optimization we've made in our life is to have a cleaner because for us, that's mm. really important. I could like explain that in another episode or whatever, and like, you know, hiring help, um, where and when possible, but he texted me, we do e-transfers. He texted me saying, hi, Andrea. And he's like the sweetest guy, Jason, big shout out. If you listen to the podcast, <laughs> it's a husband and wife duo. He yeah. texted me saying, hi, Andrea. I'm just wondering, did you, did you in fact send the e-transfer? Cause I had sent him a text saying, yeah, sent. No, I sent it to Scotty. I sent it from our joint <gasps> checking account. Oh, from to your husband, me <laughs> to him back to the same account. And <laughs> so it's like, takes the money out and then it can literally see the transaction, go back in. So yeah. Oh, Anyways, <laughs> but that's also something I would do when I'm not pregnant, like just mm. things like that. Like I just move so fast. So anywho, mm -hmm. regardless of who you are, what stage you are, um, have, uh, I say, um, a way to capture thoughts because it's so different for everybody. Right. I don't believe in this whole, like, you have to write things down. I like to write things down. I like notebooks. You might not. A lot of people like the notes on their phone and it's very convenient. Mm -hmm. um, other people like voice notes, like voice note it out or transcribe it, um, whatever it is. So have a way to capture the ideas. Um, and I actually want to pull a page out of Taylor Aller's book. And like, you could even create lists. Like I find lists can be really helpful. So sometimes journaling can just feel so far away or unattainable for people because you're like, what do I have to sit there and be like, dear diary today, this is what <laughs> happened versus just getting down to it and being like list of ideas, boom, 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 boom. Right. So much easier. So anyways, on that note, I was thinking about like you and what you had said in our previous podcast episode where you're like, you could have a not right now list. And so you could actually make different types of lists where you're like, this would be like something that I'd love to do when I retire. This could be something that I'd love to do during the mat leave, something I'd want to like accomplish or try or explore. This is something that I'm thinking about post mat leave or mm. sorry, I should say paternal or um, parental leave. Um, those types of things. So like just writing down lists, making notes, um, about all the things that are coming up. Um, that's one piece. So the second piece is be open to exploring what some of those elements are and finding maybe a first small step or a medium step before jumping into some big step. So I will say this again, and I'll say it a hundred more times on this podcast, get off LinkedIn. I mean, you can go on LinkedIn if you want, but do not click the easy apply button on LinkedIn. So you have this idea, you're sleep deprived. You're like, yeah, yeah, I want to make a job change. And then you're like, yeah, 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 I should apply it. Like my mat leaves kind of coming up in like a couple months and I'm going back to work, but I really don't want to, like, I should apply for this job. Mm a waste of your time and it's if it's not done in a way that is really aligned with where you're at what you want to do and that sort of thing so put that aside you can always apply for the jobs later um but really like take the time to be creative and get clear on what it is you want to do so if you've done um I have another so I have a couple of resources there's one resource which is my five steps to career clarity which is kind of my like my main resource that I would say gets downloaded the most all my clients go through it and it's kind of resetting your career vision. Mm. And whether it's your first time or your fifth time doing it, it's a really cool time to do it when you're away from work. So that could be a really cool resource to do. And then I created a, a pre, what's it called parental leave career planner because I had mm. a bunch of clients who are like going on parental leave and I created a planner for them just to like, just like really think about um, what are some things that they could chip away at? These are people who I would say this is for the person who's typically in the stage where they're like, I know with like 85% conviction that I don't want to go back to my job or mm -hmm. whatever it was I was doing. And I want to keep some momentum going and like where I want to take my career. And I want to be doing that while on mat leave. 
which I'm totally behind as long as it's done in a really intentional way, because the last thing I would ever want somebody, a friend, a client, whomever to do is look back on their parental leave and say, oh my God, I was so not there and present mentally because I was focused on where am I Mm going to be in a year or six months or whatever. Mm -hmm. No, taking too much time, too many thought calories, too Mm -hmm. much stress, the petering along the without really seeing results or without really making any sort of headway. And so I've made this guide to essentially just help people like, okay, to this week, I'm going to do one thing for this. It's going to be at this time ish babies Mm -hmm. and it's going to be half an hour and that's going to feel great. And I'm going to look back at this planner and be like, oh yeah, cool. I did one thing every week that was half an hour, 15 minutes long to move things forward in my career, to, to reach these career goals that I have. And it doesn't have to be changing jobs. It could also be how might I reposition myself to come back to work, you know, in my corporate job in a different capacity Mm -hmm. or just, you know, I want to gain confidence. Like, how could I do that? How could I be a more confident version of myself and a leader at work? Um, what are some things that I could be doing over my parental leave to upskill or whatever it is? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think I kind of touched on this before, but like you could start to incorporate some hobbies. Like, you know, is there time in the week where you could be exploring um, some things in a really low touch way? And that's what I mean by that is like, are there any hobbies that you actually kind of want to explore a bit more? but maybe you're nervous about it, but maybe you have more just time or like more mental time to commit to some of those hobbies. So those would definitely be like a few things I would kind of consider. And I will put those resources in the show notes, of course. So you can check those out. (laughs) (laughs) I want to get my hands on them (laughs) selfishly because you, you touched on something that I know for me is one of my biggest concerns because I went through it with my first, you know, parental leave is I had an expectation of what I would want. And I planned, I planned for those options. And the option that we ended up choosing was the one I thought was like least likely that I would still want to have this like weird in between where it's like, I don't want to go back to work, but I do just a little. And, you know, thankfully we were able to work that out, but I wish I had a resource like what you're describing where I could sit down and dream up. What does that look like? Or how do I want things to change? And that was something too, that I know my husband went through as well. And he went through a career change, which you helped him with. Thank you. (laughs) And uh, he ended up switching industries from tech to finance. And a lot of that was driven not only by his passions, like he's passionate about both industries, but it was more so what is our family life going to look like when you're in tech versus finance? And what is that balance going to look like? And he was looking at different positions within, you know, the company he was at, and then he was looking at different industries. So I think there's something to be said too, of exactly what you mentioned. It's not necessarily even changing the career. It's what does that look like going back now balancing a family of one or four or seven, you know, like whatever that looks like, maybe it's a raise or a different position that you're looking for. Maybe it's a schedule change. Maybe it's a hybrid remote situation. You know, there's so many different options that are there and to have a planner that could kind of build in a way for you to think about that in a controlled, non-overwhelming paced out way is that sounds like stuff of my dreams. <laughs> yeah because it's a thing you know and becoming a parent you can really lose yourself in like the feeding and the diaper changes and the naps and the you know to be able to think this is a period of time that is super special and you want to be very present for but I know for me I also had like this mental ticker clock countdown going on where it was like and we have this much more time left this much more time left and like the closer you get to the day that you've given yourself of returning to work if you don't take the time to prepare for that in a really healthy way that feels good to you, it can be even more daunting, you know, and speaking of that return to work, what type of advice or tips or resources do you have when somebody gets back to work? Because that is a whole new transition. I know for me, when I went back to work, even though I I really thoroughly enjoyed it, I was a totally different person, (laughs) like one hundred percent. Like I can't even begin to tell you the ways I was different when I returned to work being a mother versus not being a mother. And what type of advice do you have for somebody who's going through that transition of being on this big pause and now I'm going back into work? Mm. What would be your tips, resources, advice there? I sigh and I I gaze off into the distance because it's a really (laughs) tough one. And I don't think I can sugarcoat that. I'm such a positive person. I can always find the silver lining 
Mm-hmm. And this is one where it is so incredibly different for everybody. Mm-hmm. And it can be so incredibly challenging and so incredibly thrilling at the same time. Like it can be all the things at once, kind of like having a child. Like it's a lot of things at once. It is a really, really interesting experience. Okay. I'll, sh- I'll share where my head is going. My head is going back to my own personal experience. I'm speaking from my experience, not the experience of others. And I couldn't have been more dialed for my return to work. Like I had really powerful conversations with my incredible manager at the time. I advocated to have a slow, gradual return to work of which I was granted. I put food in the freezer as if we were like about to have another baby. I did all the things. I got my hair done. I got a few Mm -hmm. new pieces. I mean, I worked in the retail fashion industry, so I went back to the store and I Um, got a few new pieces and I was feeling good and I felt like I was looking good. You know, I was just like doing all the things to pump myself up. And I get back to work. And even though I did all the things that were kind of like the external pieces, the one thing I think I negated a little bit was just remembering that the things that were present internally for me before were still there. So I had reservations and hesitations around being in that organization, being in that role and what it was doing to my mental health and who I was as a person when I was in that role. Like it was kind of a different person and a person I was starting to become that I didn't really like. And it didn't go away because I went away. And the people pleaser in me, the person who kind of can be a little bit perfectionistic and like really needs to get the job done to a certain like level or whatever. Like, I know that's all sounding like, like, Oh, I'm just like such a star, but no, like it was just some of these things that were like actually not that healthy, like taking time to like, you know, chat in the day and build relationships. But then it would like make me have to work a little bit later. Like all that stuff was still there. It didn't go away just because I had a kid. And then I come back having a kid where like the 5 p.m. hard stop for me or 5 30 whatever it was was like so precious but then there's this side of me that was like but the job's not done at five what like it that was still there and I didn't I didn't actually reconcile any of that I never like really faced any of the demons that I had leaving the job and not these were this was nothing crazy this was not like I'm making this sound dramatic but just all those little things and they started to pile up and I was like, and it kind of hit that point. I've talked about it on the podcast where I was like, oh my God, I'm miserable. And Scotty called it out and I I just let it hit this like volcano. Mm. So in hindsight, instead of focusing, I guess instead of focusing on my mat leave around like, should I go back? What should I do? Like I did make the decision to go back. I wish that I kind of spent more time like with myself and on like with my mind and thinking about like, hmm, what did I not love about like myself or my circumstance or whatever, like previously and think about that versus stocking the food in the freezer, um, which was really helpful, but <laughs> I mean, I we all what. have a good freezer meal. Yeah. But, yes. We all have a good freezer <laughs> meal, but it didn't really change. And then that's, that would be my other thing would be I think I have said this on the pod. I really don't know how else to say this, but like garbage in, garbage out. If you're leaving on a poor note or you're leaving with any sort of hesitation about the work that you're doing or you're miserable or you're burnt out, um, just because you take a pause and you come back, sometimes for me, I needed to come back to see just like, did that space help? And there was a lot of other reasons why I did go back as well that I won't get into, but Scotty's health was one of them, to be honest. It was like stability that we needed in our life. Um, but, um, but yeah, like if you're kind of having those feelings, that's something to like really consider and think about when you're coming back, like it's a risk to go back. Um, but I will also say and wrap this up with the fact that nothing is permanent. So Mm -hmm. go back, do what I did. Sure. It's hard to quit. It's hard to like ramp back up into something only to just have to like, you know, throw in the towel, proverbial towel, which was the best move I've ever made in my life. But that's okay. Like things can change. You can change. You can try things out that you don't like and then change. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I know too, you have a workshop series that I took part in (laughs) Um, that really helps like walk somebody through that accountability. And it's perfect for any transition, but I was looking at it obviously because I'm going to be having a baby soon. I'm looking at it like, okay, 
how am I going to prepare for this transition? Because I don't know what it's going to be like to be a, a mother of two kids. I don't know what it's going to be like now that my husband's in a different industry. And like, there's certain things I can anchor myself to, but like we've talked about multiple times already, we're planning for options, not outcomes. And it's so nice to have like your workshop shares or something like it, where you can anchor yourself to somebody else walking you through this because you're going into uncharted territory. And like you said, like, try it, see if it works out, explore it. Yes or no. But to have somebody that you can check in or a course or workshop series that you can check in with to think like, okay, is this right? Like, what questions do I need to ask myself? Where can I write down all of these thoughts? How can I actually make the time to do this for myself? Because that was something I found as a challenge, you know, once my husband's leave was over and mine was over and we were kind of pressing play on like, quote unquote, real life again. And then we got pregnant, <laughs> But <laughs> just like you, it was like, oh, just kidding. Now we're on a nine month runway. But, <laughs> you know, it was like pressing play on that quote unquote, real life. I was like, Hey, I need an adult. Like I don't have the same amount of time. I don't have the same amount of brain space. I, and like you said, like my boundaries are so much harder with my time because my family is my first priority, but at the same time, like I need to be cognizant of how my career and my passions support my family. And Mm. what is that going to look like? And I really needed something like your workshop series, which was super helpful to like anchor me through that transition and to help me ask the right questions and to help me like set the right intentions and to check in with those values, because there's so much pressure when you become a parent, like there's so much like we talked a bit about like the judgment, but there's also the financial pressure, the responsibility, like the expectations you had of the type of parent you're going to be. Are you going to do screens? You're not going to do screens. Are you organic? Mm-hmm. Are you not organic? Do you co-sleep? Do you know? Oh my God, all the things. And like the last thing you want to do is feel lost when work is supposed to bring you that security. So yeah, highly recommend. I'm plugging that for you. Your workshop series is so good. And I think if anybody's worried about returning to work or wanting to have an anchor, like the, it's such a doable and it's so short. In the timing. Oh my God. Thank you. It is not something that's like 1800 hours. Cause I ain't got time for that. It is like so accessible and easy. So thank you for doing that. Okay. Oh my gosh. You're the best hype woman ever. Can you come on the podcast no, it's just truth. every week? Thank <laughs> no. you. It's just truth. Okay. Oh so I know this is like your job. You work with parents specifically, you work with them around career changes, whether it's within the same field, different fields, all of the above somewhere in between. How common is it that you see parents transition career in that journey to becoming a parent and what is it that you do for them? Mm. And I know this because you helped my husband do this, but please share with everybody else. What does that look like having somebody be with you through that? And how Mm. common is it actually that parents change things when they become parents? That's such a good question. I wish I could, I wish I had a stat on it or could really answer with conviction as to how much more likely it is to change versus not my instinct. I'm just, I'm honestly trying to like kind of do the math, but I would say that a lot of people, what's more likely is for someone to go through the contemplation of it versus the execution of it. And the difference between working with somebody or doing work on yourself, whether you're doing it as like self-study with your counselor or with a career coach, the difference is the outcome that you get when you are intentionally deciding I will be staying in the current situation and returning to that, or I will be making change. The intentionality can give you so much peace because you have made the decision. So for me, you know, I have a lot of tools at my disposal and like I've said, experts that I lean on. And so I made that decision to go back to my corporate job in a very intentional way. It wasn't like, oh, like, what should I do? okay, like, um, I guess I'll go back. No, no, I was intentional. There was a reason why I went back. And so I think that that's the, that's a big thing. And I think so. So I actually don't even know like how, how much more, you know, how often people will like actually make the change. But I would say that those who decide to make it intentionally are so much better off for it. And they create, it creates more fulfillment and happiness, like on the other side. So the people I've worked with who I work with, And we go through, you know, a coaching program or we work together for a certain period of time. And at the end, they're like, sometimes people are like kind of apologetic. They're like, I'm sorry. Like, I know at the very beginning I said, like, I want to quit my job. And I was like all gung ho, but like, I really, I really just want to stay where I am. That to me is a huge, if a person can say, this is what I truly desire. And I feel like I have the information tied with the intuition to make this decision that is such a win. I mean, I really shy away from working with anybody, any clients, if I'm being honest, who are like, 
what's your rate of success for people landing a job? I'm, like, I'm not a job landing coach. I'm a career coach to help you get clarity on where you want to go in your life and how are you going to build that system and create that life for yourself. So that's who I am as a coach. But yeah, it's, it's really the intentionality. It's getting clear. It's getting super, super clear that you are making the decision that is right for you, your family, your big goals that you have, like that workshop series you were talking about. That's what that's all about. It's about setting a vision, getting really clear on what the goals are and the steps that you need to take to get there. And the steps might be do nothing, stay the course, sign the paperwork and go back to work. Like that could be it, but it can feel so empowering and so incredible to do that really intentionally. I think too, something that's really important to note is it's really challenging to get that clarity on your own. At least I found that with returning to my work. I know my husband found that. And it is just invaluable to have somebody either like Andrea to walk through. I mean, this is her job. This is what she does. So like get on the wait list folks for when she goes back to work. But even if it's not like a certified career coach, even if it's just like a trusted friend or family member, or maybe a coworker, like your worker bestie or whatever that looks like, or maybe a parent you've met on your parental leave, like somebody to talk to so that they can ask you these questions because it's very difficult to try to just come up with these answers unless you have somebody thoughtful, somebody experienced, somebody who is non-judgmental, objective as much as they can be, somebody who's willing to get to know you, to check you on these expectations that you think you have, that you're like, well, you know what? You say you want this, but really what I've seen from you is the exact opposite. You know, tell me where the disconnect is here. You know, those are some of the questions that I found most helpful of getting to walk with you while you were helping me. And I know my husband found it super helpful. And you're like, I'm not the person to land you the job. I'm like, yeah, you are. That's just like the smallest part of what you do. <laughs> like, that's just like a given of what you do. The bigger part of what you do is you're getting people the right job. That's the point because I think other career coaches are about like, yeah, sure. Success rate. We're going to get you a job. We're going to get you hired X amount of days or time or whatever. But for you, it's more of that's part and parcel of the program, but your focus is getting you the right job, especially because as a parent, that puzzle piece becomes very specific. You have daycare pickup, you have childcare options, you have meal prep, you have your own dreams, your own goals, your own boundaries, like to find that puzzle piece you have to know what that looks like every single ridge and corner. And you are so good at helping people identify what that is for themselves and then finding them, of course, the puzzle piece and then clicking it in and you make it happen. So thank you for the work that you do. It is so helpful. Okay. I want to kind of wind this down a little bit. If you were to tell yourself one thing or what is the one thing you are telling yourself over and over as you prepare for baby number two, please share with us. What is that? Okay. My word of the year this year is ease and mm. not ease in the way that's like, what are the shortcuts I can take? And what are the, like the, what's the easiest way to do everything? It's like asking myself over and over again, how might I find more ease in this moment, in this situation, in this problem, in this stage? And, and that's been really liberating for me. It's kind of what I, I did a, um, the winter solstice episode I did actually, that's where it came from mm -hmm, on mm -hmm. December 21st. I did, uh, I interviewed Chantelle Russell and then I did this winter solstice workshop that she had to all the listeners. And I was sitting in that and I was in her office and I like turned off all the lights and I lit candles and it was like a bit of a yoga flow and it was so lovely. And I've never really, I don't think I've ever really set like a word of the year, you know, I hear it on podcasts or whatever. And I was like, she was just like talking about it. And she was like, come, come up with like a word of like how you're feeling right now. And it was so clear. I was like, ease, ease. Mm. And that's what I'm whispering to myself a lot over and over is just like, what's like the, what's the great version of the output in this moment? You know, like you're cooking and it's like, do I have to go with the, um, like LCBO food and wine? Do you remember that magazine <laughs> in Ontario, the food and drink, whatever that magazine's called that they mm -hmm. put out? Um, and they're like super complicated recipes with like all these like ingredients. They're delicious, but they're insane. Mm. Or can I go with like this really easy, delicious recipe that's mm -hmm. going to taste great that everybody loves. And mm -hmm. it's like choosing the ease over choosing the complexity and the gripping. And this is just, I've seen so many examples of how this has been serving me recently. And like, you know, the ease of decision-making and, you know, deciding VBAC or cesarean section, mm -hmm. um, like deciding mat leave, returning, not yes. flexibility, <laughs> like, 
all of it, all of it, like just day-to-day examples too. Um, So I'm choosing, I'm choosing ease Mm. and flexibility, of course, because that's just, Mm -hmm. it's who who I am and it's what I need right now. So yeah, those are, those are things I'm going to keep channeling. But when I go off the rails, Taylor, just whisper that back to me, like ease, 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 flexibility. Ease. <laughs> and I'll be yeah, like, I think- must get baby to sleep. <laughs> He'll be like, girl, chill. <laughs> yeah. Ease, flexibility. Yes. Oh, that's so, so helpful. And I think, you know, I'm here chatting with you and interviewing you, but I'm like, right. <laughs> like, there's so many things that I'm like, this is the standard that I want to hit. It's like, you know what? How about if the standard is just easy? What if it's just the simplest, easiest way to get there? And it doesn't have to be this big, complicated thing. That what if it's like twenty percent? What if it's like twenty percent easier? Maybe it's good. Maybe it's like take it. to like put it like a percentage on it. You know, five percent, twenty percent. Like, yeah. When I think yeah. about like the the like that recipe, like the LCBO magazine recipe versus the like Jamie Oliver one. Like, <laughs> I love me some Jamie Oliver. He's Jamie like, Oliver you just throw it in the plant, you just whiz it up. You just, I'm like, yeah, that's my yeah. kind of cooking. <laughs> it's twenty percent easier, but it's like a hundred percent delicious. Mm-hmm. The carbonara. Exactly. Oh, (laughs) okay. I'll put that in the show notes. (laughs) Talk to me about some pasta, my friend. Okay. I would love to know, and I have been waiting and waiting Mm. for somebody to flip this question on you because you (laughs) ask everybody, what is something you are still figuring out right now? Oh, and I see, I knew this was coming, but because I know you (laughs) and still I'm like, I'm not like my guests who like have beautiful answers to this because they know it's coming. And then they're like, this is exactly what I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to figure out something before I even need to figure it out, I think. So maybe I need to ease up there, but Mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out how I will stay in integrity with myself and making decisions during this like parental leave. That's just so ambiguous. Like, Mm. yeah. So, so it's like, these are the questions I'm asking myself. And I guess I'm like, I'm not trying to figure it out yet because I've yet to actually enter that space like I'm the baby's still in there so um I'm curious about how I will evolve and be figuring that out as I go and I think maybe I'm answering my own question and it's like continuing to channel like ease reflecting Mm. um getting information intuition like maybe I should just like take all the things that I've said and I'm like spewing at everybody else in this episode and like turn them back (laughs) on myself so maybe I'll listen back to this (laughs) and see if it helps but yeah um that's what I'm trying to that's what I'm trying to figure out Hmm. that makes a lot of sense to me I don't know if it's pregnancy brain to pregnancy brain but uh yeah all the things that you you're trying to figure out all the things that you think you need to figure out, but really it's like all the things you said before, you know, and I love where our conversation went today. Thank you so much for letting me interview you. I loved hearing about, you know, your advice with expectations and flexibility, leaning on different experts, preparing in a way that's really custom to one person or to you, finding somebody to walk alongside you, checking those comparisons. Thank you for sharing all those resources. So please check the show notes. I've always wanted to say that. Check the show notes. There'll be a link there below. (laughs) Leave a leave a five star review and a rating. <laughs> oh, there you go. And just personally, if I can say thank you as well for helping parents just like me and my husband and so many others, the work that you do one on one is absolutely incredible. And I know just even some behind the scenes of things that you're cooking up and that you're planning yourself to think about and marinate on through your next parental leave. And um, yeah, definitely if. I think you have a wait list if you, you do have a wait list. So make sure if you're interested in working with Andrea, if you're wanting to see what she's up to, check out her wait list because she's coming up with really cool stuff. And the stuff she does already is like, it's life-changing. You know, mm-hmm. the, the most time you spend places is sleeping and working. So if one of those things is not working for you, you have a big problem. <laughs> Andrea, I can help you with the work part. Like, let me tell you, it just is so, so wonderful. So thank you so much for giving me so much of your time and letting me take over your podcast and pick your brain and get some juicy answers. It was so much fun. Oh, thank you so much, Taylor. I so appreciate you coming and offering this and just being your naturally wonderful, curious self and could think of no better person to uh, interview me. Oh my gosh. It's very hard to be interviewed too, by the way. I feel very, <laughs> people will often hang up the line. Like we stop recording and people will be like, oh my God, I blacked out. I have no idea what I just said. Like I was so rambly, <laughs> man, I'm feeling it. So who knows where that went, but that was great. Wait, Taylor, this would be like our postscript. 
you recently ran, and we didn't talk about this, but you recently ran a conference, the mm-hmm. P2P Path to Parenthood Summit that was mm-hmm. for prenatal postpartum, wait, I'm trying, yeah, infant, mm-hmm. all the stuff, all the stuff around babies. Yes. Um, <laughs> is that still available? I'm actually genuinely mm-hmm. curious. Can people still get access to the recordings? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, the conference was a three-day conference called Path to Parenthood. We hosted it, uh, myself and my business partner, Diane. Um, She's a registered pelvic floor physiotherapist. I'm a registered massage therapist. And we constantly see folks in our practice that are expecting, hoping to expect, planning to expect, had a baby, postpartum, have infants. And they are just like, what do I do about feeding? What do I do about sleep? How do I get the grants from the government? How do I be able to do this? What about the relationship with my partner? How do I have sex after a baby? Like all of these different things. And they're not in our scope, (laughs) most of them. So we have (laughs) built out this like huge referral list. And her and I were just sitting there commiserating on how hard this is for new parents to get connected to the communities that they need because these experts exist. And the need is there, like, where's the handshake? So we developed this conference. That was the handshake between these experts and expecting parents. And this is our second year hosting it. It was so much fun. We had over 500 guests join us. We had over 30 speakers, I think 30 something sponsors. We gave away like $12,000 worth of stuff. It was so fun. Um, So yeah, that's passed. Sorry. But the recordings are available and they're super cheap. You can find them. Uh, I'll give you the link. We can link it in the show mm-hmm, notes mm-hmm. and uh, people can check out the recordings. They can, you know, purchase the day of recordings or if they want the VIP sessions too. Andrea's on a panel about working parents along with some other really incredible speakers. So yeah, there's topics on pretty much everything you would need to know about your path to parenthood and mm-hmm. where to get started with some of these experts and how to find the help that you need. And you can take what you want, leave what you don't. Well, thank you again, Taylor. I so, so appreciate you. And we'll have to do a little, um, follow up and where are they now and yeah, do they, they have coping? the same name are they twins <laughs> yes. thank you taylor and i'll talk to you very soon i'm sure thank you for listening you can access all resources mentioned in this episode via my website andreabar.com podcast and let's chat on instagram i'm at andrea bar coaching and i reply to every dm i get If you loved this episode, don't forget to quickly hit that button on your podcast app to give me a five-star rating and drop in a review. It would truly mean the world. And if you're like me and love to share things that you love, send this episode to a friend who you think would appreciate this topic. Thanks again for listening and I'll chat with you next week.